You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 254, and we're finally covering a game that should have had its moment in the spotlight or the winner's circle, as you will, a long time ago. It is F fucking zero. I think that's what the F stands for. Uh, for the SNES. And, and frankly, I feel like we here at Remember the Game have shown this game and this series about as much respect as Nintendo has over the years, and it's unacceptable. Fortunately, it is time to right that wrong and talk about one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, and honestly, probably my favorite racing game ever that doesn't involve carts of some kind. Like Diddy Kong Racing, Crash Racing, Mario Kart. It's probably F-Zero. It's probably F-Zero after that. I've been throwing it out into the universe forever that I want a new F-Zero game. And it's time to own up to my dark shame here and admit that I've not played much of the series outside of the Super Nintendo game, which is something I'm going to change soon. Mark my fucking words. Before this podcast is dead in the ground, 
the 64 and GameCube entries are going to get episodes. I promise you. Uh, but while I may only know the SNES version of F-Zero, it was enough to make me fall in love with the franchise. Super Mario World is the Super Nintendo launch title that everybody thinks of, but F-Zero debuted alongside that system back in 91 too. And while I do think Super Mario World is the better game, I also think F-Zero did a better job of showing off uh, what the Super Nintendo was capable of. You know, Super Mario World, well awesome, really just kind of felt like Super Mario Brothers 3 on steroids. But F-Zero felt next-gen, you know? It was so fast, futuristic, it was so much fun to listen to, and obviously, most importantly, it was just so much fun to fucking play. So we're going to get into it this week with my guest, longtime hot dog, Juris Dr. Mario. And if you don't know, Doc was the second of four people to donate $1,000 dues to the Stollery Children's Hospital on my 24-hour stream last year. And the reward, if you want to call it that, uh, was a chance to come on the show and talk video games with me. It's a shitty reward, admittedly, but it's a great cause. And Doc's a great guy whose generosity is appreciated almost as much as his choice of game i cannot fucking wait for this episode and we're gonna get there in just a minute because speaking of fucking waiting it's time for another edition of the remember the game infamous intro if you're new to the podcast welcome aboard and consider this your warning our intros are pretty long but they're fun uh admittedly maybe they're not quite as sweet to listen to as the f-zero soundtrack is but i'm just a man Everybody, I am just a man. Uh, but seriously, if you do want to skip the intro, go about 30 minutes up the road, you'll be into the F-Zero talk. I need to get my plugs out of the way. Only time that happens, till the very end of the show, but I got to do it. It's how we keep the bills on. We have merchandise. There's hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all kinds of shit. Rocking incredible art designed by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. And you can find all our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the show. And uh, of course, it's summer. If you don't like clothes, you just want to be out there tanning those cheeks, I get it. You could always just support us on Patreon. Subscriptions start at two bucks for the month, not a week, two bucks a month. And you get yourself into up to four extra shows in any given week. Every second Monday, we do Purple Monkey Dishwasher, our Simpsons podcast, hosted by myself and Mark McHugh. Every Tuesday, it's The Rambling Idiot, where I talk about my comedy career, TV, movies, Lego, sports, whatever's on my mind. Every Friday, it's Game Patch, which is my modern gaming news show, where I talk about the biggest stories in gaming, new releases, give you sales picks, etc. And Expansion Pass drops every Thursday, and that's a different gaming show each week. There's rankings. Uh, we look back at characters and consoles, genres. There's some comedy episodes. There's a fucking smorgasbord of modern game reviews over there uh, and this past week it was expansion past 166 and we talked launch titles which kind of fits the f-zero theme perfectly i look back at what i consider to be the 10 best console launch titles in history explain why i ranked them as i did it's a little controversial but the feedback on this episode has been very very not awful and as is becoming tradition here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of expansion pass the top 10 launch titles of all time And what I mean by a launch title is a game that was available the day a console released. So we all remember the Sega Dreamcast released on 9999, September 9th, 1999. The only launch titles for the Sega Dreamcast are the games that were available on September 9th, 
1999. So that is what I mean when I say a launch title. It's a game that came out the day that console hit the shelves. All right. So those are your rules. So I'm going to do a top 10. And like I said in the intro, this is not my personal top 10, but the 10 games I think were the best overall launch titles, not only in the sense of how good they were and how much I like them, but in the sense of the impact they had on the console sales, getting people talking, showing off what the hardware could do as a good launch title should do. It's time to count them down. We're going to do the top 10. I actually went to the work to get the music for all 10 of these games as one of my traditional rankings episodes would have so I can cue them all up and count them down and talk through it. Let's get into this thing. The number 10 greatest launch title in the history of gaming, in my opinion, is... That's now available on our archives, and this week it's Expansion Pass 167. The topic was up to our Patreons, as it is at the end of every month, and a spoiler cast for my friend Peppa Pig won the poll. I'm not kidding. Uh, if you don't know, I jokingly suggested on Game Patch, I don't know, sometime like a year ago, uh, that people buy my friend Peppa Pig, and it's kind of become a meme around these parts. So I actually did play it this weekend, and I honestly think it's going to be a pretty funny episode. I'm going to lean hard into giving this game a very deep review. I have a lot to say about it, so it should be fun. And just as a heads up, if you're not interested in a My Friend Peppa Pig review, July 6th, the next episode of Expansion Pass, I'm going to be reviewing Tears of the Kingdom, which, is it better than My Friend Peppa Pig? You have to listen and find out. But again, subscriptions start at two bucks a month. You get new shows every week, ad-free, plus instant access to hundreds of additional ad-free archive podcasts right there on your phone. Plus, you can join our Discord. You get a chance to vote on our Patreon poll every month. You get the ability to submit comments for all of our shows. You can DM with me and you even get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons. Let me bring up the list. Here we are. Stephen Cavana. That's a sick name if I said that right. Uh, Ian, 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 Lane, Ian. I think it's Ian Hind. Ian. That might be the most I've ever butchered a name. So embrace it. Uh, apologies. Datman71, Austin from the Past to Present Player podcast, Bert Wiglin, Kyle Walker, Mike Wazalewski, Vince the Ice Cream Man, which sounds like the worst wrestling gimmick ever, Last Chicken Wing, and Thomas Ole. Oh, well. Old. I really fucked those shout outs this week. Uh, fucked those up this week. But thank you all so much for the support. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And don't forget, 5% of our income over there gets donated to the Stollery every year as part of my 24 hour stream. And we offer annual subscriptions that'll save you your 12th month fees. And finally, you can find me on Twitch whenever I feel like getting on there at twitch.tv slash member the game. Come by and say hi. It's good times. All right. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is John C. 500. He wrote in and said, Adam, what are you going to be playing first? Mario Bros. Wonder or Spider-Man 2? Imagine you didn't have the comedy gig and you could just have a lazy free weekend. Yeah, if you don't know, those are my two most anticipated games for the rest of 2023. Mario Bros. Wonder, Spider-Man 2, they both release on October 20th, the same fucking day. And I have a comedy gig on the 21st, so I'm going to have to not be able to play them because I have to go tell jokes and pay my bills and all that shit. Um, what am I going to play first? I don't know. I'm going to kind of let my mood decide. I will say right now, if those are my two most anticipated games of the year, I 
think I'm a little more excited for Spider-Man 2. Just because, like, I, listen, I love Mario, and every new Mario game is a big deal to me. But I've played a ton of Mario. I haven't played a ton of good Spider-Man games. I've played a few. But especially not ones with Venom and Miles Morales in them, too. So I probably Spider-Man 2 is the one I'm going to play first. But I'm really fucking excited. That is going to be a great... What a great... I don't know if I've ever had two games I'm more excited about coming out on the same day before. Like I do with Mario Brothers Wonder and Spider-Man 2. That is going to be a great fucking day. October 20th. God, I can't wait. Darby Triscuits wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I was wondering if you could use your power to will games into existence to manifest an HD remake of Maniac Mansion. I know it's weird, but that was the game that made me into a gamer. It was the first game I ever beat on my own, and I used to just play it over and over again, trying different combinations of characters to see how it played out differently. I would love to experience it again with a new coat of paint and some quality of life improvements. Appreciate you, dude. Uh, yeah, Darby, I can fucking do that. I have played. We, I promise you, at some point, we're going to cover Maniac Mansion here on Remember the Game. I have played it. I've never beaten it. But I used to actually play it on PC when I was a kid. And I used to rent it from the store and play it on the NES. I always found the people that live in the house. I can't remember their names. Those fucking creepy zombie looking people. They creep me the fuck out. And that you could blow up the hamster in the microwave was fucked up too. But, uh, but I did love that game growing up. So I'd, I'd be down. I would be 100% down. With a HD Mar Maniac Mansion remake. So yeah, you can add that to the list of shit all will into existence. I'll make that happen, Darby. Uh, you'll have it by this time next year, my friend. I promise. Uh, promises are not a guarantee. Michael wrote in and said, Why do you think the Ninja Turtles thought it was a good idea to wear color-coded masks? It's not to protect their secret identities, because without the masks, it'd be impossible to tell at a glance who is who. Now, I know it's for the viewer, and this is a nitpick, and I'm going to get, well, actually, boys, if I'm red, but I'm still curious. Now, you are right. If anyone doesn't know, though, if you, I guess if by some fluke you don't know, all four turtles used to wear red bandanas, and then they gave them the, the blue, purple, and orange bandanas, uh, basically just so they could tell them apart on the show and sell more toys and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you want a, a real reason, Michael, so that we can have some fun with this, I assume that Splinter couldn't tell the four of them apart. And so he did it, uh, you know, because originally, I bet you originally they rebelled at wearing belts with their initials on the front cover, even though I've always loved the belts with the big D, R, L, and M on the front. But I imagine it was because Splinter can't tell them apart. I, I've never had children, much less identical children. But I assume that any of you parents out there that have identical twins, triplets, whatever, uh, you must do something to mark them up, right? Like, I don't know if you just draw on their backs when they're babies or what the fuck. Maybe you cut one of their hair is stupid on purpose. So you can tell which one is which. I don't know. But maybe try making them wear different colored masks because I think that's the real reason, Michael. They're not to sell toys. Um, <laughs> Ran, Ran Hackabee. Who wrote in and said you could pronounce it as Ran Hakubi. No, no, it's Ran Hakubi. I'm not saying it right. That's not how it works around here. Ran Hakubi said, hey, Andy, if Molly could tell us hot dogs, what type of treatment you give the CEO of Remember Game Industries? Would she say she's well taken care of or would she be mean to you and tell us your half-assed underdog parenting was better than your half-assed overdog parenting? Nice pull. Uh, you know what? If Molly could talk, I do a voice for Molly. And I'm not going to do it on the podcast. I don't think I've ever done the internet. Most people, I think, I assume do voices for the dogs. But I do a voice for Molly, and she says some rude shit, man. She's a very hate-filled dog who always calls my girlfriend mean things and always calls me fat, and she's quite mean. But I think if she could talk, uh, she wouldn't – she would – like, listen, it's not like I beat her and stick her under the stairs. Like, I, I treat that dog like a queen. But she'd probably be like, you want to know what? Adam is very stupid, 
And if you just stare at him for more than 30 seconds, he'll do whatever you tell him. Because it doesn't matter if it's 40 below outside, if it's pouring rain, whatever. She wants a W-A-L-K. I can't say the word because she's laying right here. But she wants one. She'll just sit there and stare at me. And then no matter how many times I put my foot down, I'm like, I don't care what you want. I'm not going out there. She'll keep staring at me and eventually I'll cave and do whatever I have to do to take her. She knows. So that's what she'd probably say. It's just to tell you that I'm an idiot, that she knows how to manipulate. <sighs> Fuck, I love that dog. Uh, Joe the Sandman. Wrote in and said, hey, bud, hope you and the hot dogs are having a really nice week. Uh, that's nice. I wanted to ask, if you could wish a Bowser game as the main character into existence, how would it be? The genre, the plot, the characters? I love the Koopa King as much as you do, and I would love to have a top fancy game where he is the star, he and the Koopalings. I don't mind leaving Bowser Jr. out. Yeah, Bowser Jr. gets killed off in the first 90 seconds. Uh, and listen, before everybody writes in and they're like, there's Bowser's Inside Tale or whatever it's called on the DS. I did play that a while ago. I didn't love it. I thought it was very slow. It wasn't for me. Uh, I would love that, Joe. I would love if So if I was making a Bowser game, I would make it, um, I would make it a action RPG along the lines of like, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake or, you know, whatever. Insert your favorite, uh, action RPG here. And it'd be like, you know, the melee combat. You'd have powers. And then I'd make the Koopa Kids, like, summons that you could use. As you find them and unlock them, you can call them in and their powers will help you. And I would make the villain Smithy from Super Mario RPG and he's back. Except Mario is away on vacation this time. No! No! Smithy has captured Mario. And Bowser is going to save Mario because Peach is there with her. And he wants to save Peach and get his castle back again. That would be the story. That'd be a sick game. I'd play the fuck out of that. That'd be awesome. Uh, Mexican Mozzarella wrote in and said, Yo, Adam, hope all is well, my dude. With Spider-Man 2 coming out, do you think they'll ever make a game that features Spider-Gwen? I think it'd be cool to see a Spider-Verse-esque game with Ghost Spider as the main character. Cheers. Uh, it's a great question. Now, my first... Listen, and I want to make sure I make this clear. I love Spider-Gwen. I'm looking at a picture of her I have hanging on my wall right now, like some art. I think she's fucking awesome. At first glance, I would say no, because... Spider-Man is the name that sells the game. And I and while I think there's a, a dedicated fan base that loves Spider-Gwen, I don't think the vast majority of the world knows who Spider-Gwen is. I don't know. I'd be hard-pressed to find anyone that doesn't know who Spider-Man is. But we got Miles Morales, and I love that dude, and I didn't think that he'd ever get a game, and he got a game, and it's fucking awesome. If I had to guess, I would say at best we get a Spider-Gwen spinoff, kind of like Miles Morales was. But I would be all about that. Or an into the Spider-Verse game or something be fucking sick. So never say never. My my gut says no, but my heart says yes. Is that not the song? My my gut's telling me no. But my heart. My heart's telling me yeah. I think that's how it goes. Anyways. Yeah, I'd hope we get a Spider-Gwen game someday. She's awesome. Big Papa Grimace. Instead of the Super Mario RPG and Pikmin being remade. I feel we I feel like I feel oh, okay. With both Mario RPG and Pikmin being remade, I feel we need these to sell like hotcakes so Nintendo will give many other games a remake or sequel. I would love to see them make a Zelda 2 remake. Now that you've got your Mario, what's your next most wanted remake? Ze you know what? Zelda 2 would be fucking tight. If I have to pick a Nintendo game for the remake, it would either be, and I think one of these answers is going to shock you, it would either be Earthbound, uh, and I would just do it in the 2D HD graphics and lose my fucking mind. Or, believe it or not, Majora's Mask. Because I really like the concept of Majora's Mask. I just hate playing that fucking game. 
And if they could remake it with modern graphics and everything and make the menu not shit, I would be all about it. So, yeah, either Earthbound or Majora's Mask. And if we're just talking all games in general, probably still Earthbound or Majora's Mask. But uh, on PlayStation, I'll say... Uh, man, I'm tempted to say Metal Gear Solid. The first one. Even though I know I hate 2 and 3. The first one. Why are they doing that instead of 3? Yeah, so on PlayStation, I'll say the original Metal Gear Solid. Uh, from the ground up, all sexy and playing good. And then on Xbox, I'll say... I mean, we're already getting KOTOR. I don't know if I have an answer for Xbox. No, I You know what? I'll say Sonic Adventure because I know it's on everything, but I like that game. But yeah, number one would either be Earthbound or Majora's Mask. All right, we got to move on. Finally, before we leave this segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. Man of War wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, after listening to one of your recent podcasts, please no double secret probation for not being able to recall the exact one. Uh, oh, never feel bad about that, everybody. Sometimes people tell me, hey, you said this. And I'm like, I did? I can't keep track of them. I don't expect any of you to. Uh, dealing with one of the gaming showcases, I found that many of the comments from the internet were very off-putting. Why is it in an age where gaming is the best it's ever been, considering the access to all the previous generations on modern consoles? Gamers just sound like the most unhappy people on the planet. That's a great question, Man of War. And I want to just say, I agree with you, and I'm not directing this toward anyone in particular other than all the negative... Like, dude, there's... Listen, I understand there's wrestling fans that are negative. There's Star Wars fans that are negative. There's Disney fans that are negative. There's movie fans that are negative. There's just negative people that are negative. I would I would argue you're hard-pressed to find a fan base as shitty as gamers. And I I'm and I am one. I'm part of this team. But like you I can't watch any showcase with the comments on. I can't go into Reddit after one of them. Everybody just fucking shits on everything. The grass looks like shit. The frame rate isn't that good. This game looks stupid. Why is this game like this game? Where is this game? This game is too expensive. I'm not paying for this. This is bullshit. The Nintendo Switch is a Fisher-Price toy and I'm a mouth-breathing slob. It doesn't matter what's going on. People seem to just hate it. And it's like, if you, dude, gaming's supposed to be fun. There's nothing wrong with criticizing. It's literally my job to come on here and bitch about video games. And I do it. It's fine, and you're as entitled to do it as I am. Bitch about video games all you want, but it's like, when you watch a showcase, I swear to God, people watch these showcases, and instead of like, oh, dude, I really liked this game and this game and this game, they're like, those don't even matter. I hated this game and this game stumbled during the frame rate thing. I need to go online and complain about it, because if I'm not complaining, nothing's going to happen. If you don't, like, if all you do is focus on the negative of whatever your hobby is, go find another hobby. And leave us the fuck alone. Why do people hate everything? Listen, I could sit here right now and complain about all three companies. Nintendo treats their fans like shit and drive us crazy. And I don't understand it. The Joy-Cons are a fucking ripoff. I can sit here and bitch about Xbox. You keep buying studios and you're not putting out any fucking games. I love your systems. My Series X, I don't remember the last time I played exclusive. Oh, it was Hi-Fi Rush. But but that's not the point. It's like, where the fuck are all these exclusives you keep promising us? You guys are the, the team with the biggest payroll in the league and you can't make the playoff. I can sit here and bitch about PlayStation. You hate everybody. 
Jim Ryan is the least likable CEO in the history of the world. You have a great classic catalog that you refuse to pay for to put on PS Plus Premium, even though I keep buying PS Plus Premium. You talk about how people don't want backwards compatibility, even though we keep fucking asking you for backwards compatibility. And the PS5 is the ugliest console I've ever seen in my life. See, I could sit here and bitch about all three of them, and I do on occasion, but I'd rather focus on the good things. I fucking love Nintendo games. I love having my Switch to take it wherever I go. I think Game Pass on Xbox is the best deal in the history of video games. Sony makes the best exclusives ever, and that's why I keep buying their consoles, because I want to play your exclusive games, and the fucking controller for that PS5 is fire. Just focus on the shit you like and stop whining all the fucking time. I swear, fuck me. Every, I swear you should fuck me. No, every gamer out there should have to like, if you, if you were born in 2007 and so what would that make you now? Uh, uh, seven, six, 2007. <laughs> fuck, I'm tired. Uh, that would make you what? Like 16 now or something like that. You know what? You should not even be allowed to fire up a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. You should have to go back to an NES and play the NES games and play the Super Nintendo games and play the Genesis games and play the... You fucking understand what it's like when you had six games to play with and now you literally... Gamers do not understand how good you have. You have fucking thousands of games at your disposal anytime. Most of them for pennies on the dollar. You can play online with your friends anytime you want. You don't have to schedule a fucking play date. Games are bigger and more advanced than ever. Are they perfect? Of course not. We got games that are broken coming out day one that we have to wait for patches on. DLC and microtransactions are bullshit. I get it. Gaming will never be perfect, but it's never been better. And all some people do is feel the need to fucking whine and complain. Go outside. Go fucking play on the train tracks or something. Leave us the fuck alone. Stop bitching. Thank you, man of war. And I understand the hypocrisy of me bitching about people bitching, but I need to bitch about you bitching because you're bitches. Thank you all so much for writing, everybody. Let's change things up. Get into our Smash It segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES front, knowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third is a race from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And this week we're talking F-Zero. So I went with three more zany Super Nintendo racers. We got Micro Machines, Rock and Roll Racing, and Unit Racers. And it was a nice, tight, close vote this week. That's how I liked my polls. 26%. Said they would play Micro Machines, remake Rock and Roll Racers, uh, or Racing and Erase Unit Racers. 26% was the winner. Nothing got under 10%. So it was six options. Nice and tight. That's how I like it. Uh, Let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Bab the Babs said, play Micro Machines because I keep hearing about it, but I've never played it. Solid logic. Remake Rock and Roll Racing because it was a great racing game and I think it'd be awesome with a remake on the Switch. Solid logic. Erase Unit Racers because I remember playing it and regretting my rental because it was so damn boring. I've not played it, but I don't. it doesn't look boring. I think it looks fine. I can't say. I haven't played it. Good answers, Babs. I, I don't know. I haven't played it. Uh, you've got the shinning. Wrote it. Not you mean the shining? You want to get sued? Wrote in and said, I've actually only played rock and roll racing, so I'm going to erase it so I can try the others. That's how it's fucking done. I remember the Micro Machine toys and they look simple, so I'm going to play that. I'm going to remake Uniracers because after watching 30 seconds of gameplay, I have no idea what was happening, so a remake would theoretically have a tutorial so I could figure that shit out. I've never had someone write in and say they'd remake a retro game just to put a tutorial in. I like, I like the cut of your jib, Shinning. 
uh, Subpar Nova said, I only have ties to one of these, so that'll be the one I play. I'm going to play Uniracers. I remember borrowing it from a friend as a kid so much that the game is in my house more than his. I'll remake Rock and Roll Racing only because I've never played it and it seems pretty neat. And I hate to do it, but erase micro machines. I loved and collected the toys growing up, but rules are rules and one has to go. Yeah, and you don't need the game if you still have the toys. You're going to be just fine. I get that. Snow420 said, I'll play Uniracers, remake micro machines, and erase Rock and Roll Racing. I've never played Uniracers because of the cover art. It looks fun. I think the cover art's pretty dope, too. I'm going to remake Micro Machines because they're awesome. I love every version of this game. And a remake on Modern Machines would look sweet and play even better. And I'd erase Rock and Roll Racing because, like Uniracers, I've never played it, and there's more than enough racing games to not miss it. I voted on this one just to say remake Micro Machines. I've always wanted an Xbox Micro Machines. Listen, I think remaking Micro Machines sounds like a lot of fun. My concern is if a modern company remade Micro Machines, the, the microtransactions... For those machines would be through the fucking roof to build your collection. But I, I like I like the way you're thinking, Snow. Uh, and Craig Trainer said, Good day, Mr. Blank. Very long time listener and first time playing. I believe you. I don't know that name. Uh, I would play rock and roll racing. It was perfect as it is. And seeing it as or seeing as it's been remade already to add in lyrics to the banging soundtrack. Mwah. I'd remake Micro Machines because that new coat of paint would do wonders for this game. It was a fun racing around the rooms like when I was a kid. I never played Uniracers and never had a need to, so goodbye riderless unicycles. That's very specific. You know, I don't mind unicycles, but once they're riderless, I'm done. Get out of here. Uh, I'm actually going with 10% of you this week, including... Cobra, who spells their name with a three and a two, and I like it. Cobra said, finally catching the comments section in time. I'm going to play rock and roll. It was a decent upgrade to what felt like a skinned RC Pro-Am. It could stay on the SNES as it was. You 100% need to remake Uniracers. I spent countless hours playing this game as a kid. It was crazy fast side-scrolling racer that had Sonic-esque vibes for us SNES kids. It does have Sonic vibes. Plus, great animations and art style and a great soundtrack. Plus, the trick system that gave you bonuses and made you even faster. A remake would be rad. This game kicks ass. Dump Micro Machines. Even with the different vehicles and loving Micro Machines, this game was more like a late NES game. It just didn't live up to what it could have been. Rules are rules, and it's got to go. Uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with your logic, but I have the same order. I would play Rock and Roll Racing, frankly, just because I have plans for the other two. And this is just where I had to slot it in. I'm going to remake Uniracers because it's the one I'm the most interested in of the three, and I think it looks awesome. So I'm going to remake it and just make it bigger and better. If I can't get F-Zero, I'll settle for Uniracers. And then I'd erase Micro Machines. People seem to love this game. I have no ill will toward it, but I feel like Micro Machines is on everything. So we could probably get away with erasing this and still play it on Genesis or NES or something. Plus, like I said, the microtransactions in Micro Machines makes my butt pucker a little bit. That'd be, could get ugly. So that's, that's the order I'm going with as well. Thank you, everybody that wrote in and played. As always, I'm going to tell you what I've been playing over the last week and get into F-Zero in just a moment after we pause so I can drink some water. And maybe we hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it, Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about this 
stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Okay, what have I been playing? Almost exclusively The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm very close to finishing it. Looking forward to reviewing it on the show in the next couple of weeks on Expansion Pass, pardon me. Uh, took a while to hook me, but it is it is fucking in me. I think I'm over 70 hours now. I don't remember the last time I put that many hours into a game. Uh, I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. It has been so much fun. What a great fucking video game. So I'll be reviewing that soon. I also played some F-Zero on the SNES just to get ready for this episode. Holds up. Fucking game slaps. Love it. And then I finally have sunk my teeth in a Metroid Prime on the Cube, not the new one, on the original GameCube, uh, to get ready for an upcoming episode of this show that's coming in a couple of weeks. So fucking good games all around, baby. Let's talk F-Zero. That's why you kids are here. As always, I like to let our listeners sound off in the comments before my guest and I hog the microphone. I got a ton of comments this week, so let's rip through a few of them. Big Kids 782 Said my older brother's favorite character was Falcon, so I wasn't allowed to race with him. Pardon me. I had to play with the pink car. Even to this day, I don't care much for Falcon because of that, but I loved this game. That's fair. I like Falcon. That was who I always played as, dude. We'll get into that a little bit on the show, but I'm, I'm a Falcon guy. John Sheely said the music. This music is so banging, I turn it on when I'm headed to fix another machine. Ah, so good. Adam, keep being so awesome, dude. I look forward to your stuff every day. Aw. Well, thank you, John. I may not be as good as the F-Zero soundtrack, but I'm trying. Uh, Joel, not Jaleel White, says that very explicitly, says, you know what makes a good game good? When you get when you suck inevitably, constantly, thoroughly, yep, there you are starting again. It's like the glass bubble level in Earthwork, Earthworm Gym. Fuck that level to death, but I'm here trying to smash it out over and over. F-Zero gives zero fucks and tough love. It's like having an old sugar daddy that slaps you, then tells you you smell pretty. Yeah, it is. It is. So my old sugar daddy used to do it. Then I ran out of perfume and then he wasn't interested. But you know what? I'm like that with NBA Jam, a game that I just consistently suck at over and over again, but love playing. That's NBA Jam for me now. Uh, Chronic the, Gon- the Ganja Hog versus Ropotnik. I like it. Said pink car all the way. This is still one of the best handling racing games ever. If you knew the angles of the corners, you were unbeatable. Then you get bounced off the walls like 10 times and die. Yes, you do. It's fucking bullshit. But I do agree. Uh, dude, I was shocked at how well it still handles in 2023. It fucking handles like a dream. And Tim T. Annie said, easy to play, difficult to master. The later races really tested your reflexes. Something sometimes frustrating, but always fun. And that soundtrack just slapped. Surprised it took so long to cover this game. I am too, Tim. I'm sorry. I kind of fucked it up. But it's time to right that wrong, all right? I am going to queue up some of that phenomenal F-Zero music. And when it stops, Juris Dr. Mario and I are going to talk F-Zero, which originally released on the Super Nintendo in North America on August 23rd, 1991. Just like the SNES. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go.
All right. So as I'm sure I said during the intro and the title of the episode and that fucking phenomenal music that I'm sure you've heard, we are talking F-Zero for the Super Nintendo this week. It drives me, I got to say, I'm a little bit disappointed in myself. Not angry. I'm just disappointed that it took 254 episodes to get to this fucking game. And joining me via the blank phone this week is one of the uh, one of the four very generous chaps that matched the highest donation on my 24-hour stream last November and then waited seven months like a very patient son of a bitch to talk to me. And I'm very grateful for it. It is uh, Juris Dr. Mario. I'll be referring to you as Doc because that's much easier to say. Doc, how are you, my friend? Well, I'm good other than the fact, Adam, that I'm a, a little confused. I thought we were here to talk about Metal Gear Solid 4. Oh, I'll fucking I'll end this fucking episode right now. There's no refunds. Your money went to the hospital. I can't get it back. I'll end I'll end this fucking podcast right now. Dude, oh my god. Fuck you. Can, Fuck can you, you imagine like if if you got sent to robot hell with Bender, like would you have to record a podcast about Metal Gear Solid like every week for eternity? Uh, would that be like your punishment? It might, it might, dude. I, I gotta say, have you listened to the Metal Gear Solid 3 episode? Yes. Okay. So just for a reference to everybody that's listening to this, uh, if you didn't know, last week's episode was Metal Gear Solid. It actually went live, I don't know, about 40 hours ago from when we're recording this right now on Thursday afternoon. Uh, I thought I was going to take more shit for it than I did. People have actually been pretty nice. So it's been good. But I've been excited for this episode. That's good. Yeah, it was good because I was stressed the fuck out. And I'm so, because I was worried the internet would hate me uh for hating metal gear solid three well but, hopefully this week will be kind of like you know jumping from a hot tub into a pool and oh, you can sort of have like a nice catharsis with I'm, uh with a I'm phenomenal so snes game yeah i'm so pumped for this and like i'm sorry and like darth skywalter if you're listening to this i'm not dunking on your game because he was the one that wanted to do metal gear solid three i'm sorry you know blatantly well how i feel about metal gear solid three but the next three weeks in case anyone wants to know the, the plan right now is f-zero Super Mario Brothers 3 Part 2, and then Metroid Prime. And it's like, I'm a Nintendo fanboy. It's nice to go back to my Nintendo heritage and talk about some Nintendo games I love. But this one in particular, dude, like, I don't... I have been begging, begging the universe to give us a new F-Zero game pretty well since I started this podcast. And we have yet to talk about an F-Zero game. So I'm so excited to go back to where this all began. And I want to just kick it off by... I'll, I'll, I'll kick the ball over to you. Why F Zero? You sent me a list of games, but why F Zero? Why was F Zero near the top? Why are why are you why are you so passionate about this game? Like I am, I love this fucking game because F Zero epitomizes the leap from the eight bit era to the sixteen bit era. I mean, you really you really have to put yourself back into nineteen ninety one to appreciate just how mind blowing F Zero is. I mean, remember you know in the early nineties. All most of us had known of home gaming was the NES. I mean, I didn't know anyone who had a Genesis in 1990, even though apparently it was out then. Yeah. Um, and maybe had like a you know vague recollection of the Atari. But most of our home racing games were those like top-down views where the cars looked like little matchbox cars. And I mean, they were fun, but it was kind of like playing with toys. Yeah. And then like along comes the Super Nintendo in 91, and my brother and I finally, you know, saved up enough allowance to get one. And we had Super Mario World and F-Zero were the first two games we played. Um, and I don't want to take anything away from Super Mario World. Obviously, the, the better of the launch titles and a, a 
you know, one of the greatest games ever, but like we popped in the cartridge for F zero and we turned it on and it was like being fired out of a cannon. Yeah. I mean, you know, like Mario world was like a nice upgrade over super Mario three in terms of platforming. But like for racing games, F zero was like a revolutionary sea change with the graphics, the speed, the sound, the controls. Um, it, it was just mind blowing. I mean, if you, if you think about, like the 3D graphics of F-Zero, Wolfenstein 3D hadn't even come out when F-Zero came out. So this was like really my first, at least, opportunity to like drive a car and see the screen move in 360 degrees. And then, man, the sense of speed in that game, like compared to the NES racing games, like you could just practically feel the wind as you're driving the cars. Um, So, you know, it's got a special place in my heart uh, for kind of transitioning me into that new era of super Nintendo gaming. Totally. It's funny you say that I was like, like I've played this game since I was a little kid and I fucking loved this game. I never owned it when I was a kid, but my friend Corey did. And every time I go to his house, I would play F zero and I'd just be mesmerized. Cause you're right. It really super Mario. Like, listen, I don't know if anybody knows this or not listening to the show. I'm kind of a super Mario world fan. I kind of like that game, but you're right. Super Mario World is Super Mario Brothers 3 on steroids. It's great, but it's Super Mario Brothers 3 on steroids. You play F-Zero, and you're looking at this thing, and I, I literally was playing it an hour ago on my Switch just to get ready for this episode, just doing a refresher run. And in 2023, I'm like, this game looks pretty good. And I was like, there, this is, dude, there is nothing on the NES that looks anything like this. You could, I feel like you could downscale Super Mario World and release an NES version of Super Mario World. You know, like you, it'd be, it'd be yeah. uglier, but you could do it. Whereas I'm like, I don't think NES could run F Zero, and I, you're right. Like, did you ever play RC Pro Am on the NES? Yes, and I mean, we're gonna get into that for sure, right? Because F Zero is like the spiritual successor to RC Pro Am. Yeah, and that, and that's like that's the, my first racing game, other yeah. than maybe like Excite Bike. Mine was RC Pro Am, and uh, I love that game. But I'm looking at F-Zero and I'm like, this is the future like this. And I know the game is set in the future, but it really does look like the future. This was like I we just ranked best launch titles on Expansion Pass uh, this past week. And Super Mario World was on that list. And I still think that's the the definitive launch title. But the Super Nintendo's launch titles also included SimCity and f-zero and when i'm when i when i step back now and look at those games i'm like i think super mario world is the best game of the bunch f-zero is the best showcase for what the super nintendo could do and for sure it's fucking sure. man like when they there's a reason when when sega used to put out those commercials where they had like the race car with the TV on the back with Sonic yes! the Hedgehog ripping around. Yes. And then they'd have that old beat up van with Super Mario Kart playing on it. There's a reason they didn't use F Zero. Because I used to get so mad at Genesis for that as a Nintendo fanboy. I'd be like, you should have shown F Zero in yeah. Mario Kart. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll sit here and say it right now. Like, I think F Zero looks like a Genesis game. In a in a and I mean that in the, the highest of praise. I've always thought Genesis yeah. games look so big and bright and fast. And I'm like, yes. F Zero seems like a Genesis game. And it's a fucking F- launch title. F Zero had the blast processing that Genesis always <laughs> yeah. talked about, right? The but yeah, you're right. Like processing. you know, the the sort of launch title thing. I mean, 
I'll put it this way. Super Mario World was like platformers going from an A to an A plus in a grade, yeah. right? Yeah. F-Zero was like racing games going from like a C minus to an A. I mean, yeah. it was just such a huge jump that that it it's a really special game. And you're right. It still holds up so well today. It's still so fun to play. And I think that's because of the like the controls. Right. It's just so smooth, which, yeah. you know, there were a couple of racing games on the NES that kind of tried to do the behind the car view thing, but it was so choppy and the controls just weren't there yet. And finally, we get this new hardware and it was like everything came together. Even even Super Mario Kart. Like, I I fucking love Super Mario Kart. I would. But I was thinking about it. I think I would say F-Zero is my favorite non-kart racing video game ever. Like, cause I love crash team racing the new one. I haven't played the old one. I love the new one. I love Diddy Kong racing. I love the Mario Karts. but after that, I, it'd probably be this game. I really love F zero and even super Mario Kart. People say that it doesn't hold up today, which I don't know if I fully agree with. Cause I can still play it and love it today, but it does seem a little old and a little slow. And the controls are a little bit, they are a little tight and a little weird. And then you play F zero. I was sitting here playing it today with my super Nintendo controller on my switch. And I was like, this is, this is silk. Like this handles so fucking good. And I'm a little shocked, frankly, that it's it clearly like it's that mode. Se- I, y'all know I don't do technical stuff. I think the mode seven thing is what they use both in Mario Kart and in this, whatever that mode seven graphics, whatever to make the background all weird and everything. But it's funky to me that Super Mario Kart does feel a little bit not quite right today. Whereas F-Zero, I'm like a kid could pick up this game and play it in minutes and understand how it works. And it's a yeah. fucking launch title. Like, it's not one that came out near the end of the system where they had figured the tech out. They launched with this. That boggles I, my mind. It is so amazing. And you're right. The It's it's more than just a tech demo for the Mode 7, but it really was just sort of an announcement of the, the Mode 7 system yeah. where you, you saw it and you're like, this is the future. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And that's sure. and I will say, like, if I do have a knock, and that's really the only knock I have of it. And it, and it, you kind of tied into it when you said it's not a tech demo, but at the same time, I'm like a small part of me feels like in a way it is. And the only reason I say that is because like the the one knock on the original F-Zero, there's not a lot of here it is, there's not a lot of meat on the bone. There's not a multiplayer, the the single player, like it's it's there's you know unless you're going for for fastest time which is fine if you are there's not a lot else to it and you're in that sense i'm like there's 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 a little bit of it felt like it was a demo and then they're like we can make this into a game you know it felt like they were playing with what the system could do or like we can make a game out of this but there's not a lot to it do you know what i mean yeah i agree with you i think that uh, you know the lack of two player mode had to have been um, just a, a limitation of the technology, I right? Because so. it's just so obvious that it would have been uh, much better and have a lot more replay value with the, the two-player mode. Yeah. Um, but I haven't agree with you on just like within the one-player mode. Uh, I, I love the game, but like I think they could have done a little bit more in terms of giving you an incentive, right? For instance, yeah. if you're going for the best time. Like, show me before the race starts what the best time ever on this track is. Or show me, you know, how many seconds ahead or behind of the best time yes. that I am. I think yes. that would have really, really helped the game have a little bit more replay value. Because as it is, you had to, like, finish the entire circuit 
and then it would pop up the results and show you if you'd gotten a new track record or anything like that. And, and I feel as though, you know, even back in 91, they probably could have done a little bit better with that. Yeah. Dude, I never even thought of that. That would have been such a great thing if when you crossed the finish line at the end of every lap, that's all it did was like the, you know, minus six seconds. And you know you're six seconds behind the course record or something. Like that's all because it's got the battery saves. Like that was one of the big high points for it was that it had the battery. It had the it saved your times and everything, which is great. But then show me though. I agree with you. Like, and I also agree with your point that like I think multiplayer this game probably would have chugged especially being a launch title and they were still figuring out the hardware and and that's one of the things that i think is a testament to this game is like there it does not slow down like and if the whole gimmick of the game is that it's f-zero and it's you know you're going 400 kilometers an hour and it's super fast like i did not find i was playing it today and i'm like it's not stuttering or chugging at all like it runs not, really smooth and i not think at player all. probably wouldn't happen yeah and even um something that was impressive to me was that, you know how like things come off of the horizon and get bigger as they approach you. Yeah. Like that really happens in F zero. The things start as kind of like a small dot and they smoothly get bigger as you approach them. Whereas even on some like PlayStation era games, you used to see that kind of pop effect where like, yeah, you know, the, the street sign just kind of pops out of nowhere when you're about to pass it. Uh, sure. There was none of that in F Zero, and you're right. I I bet it was just too much for the hardware to do a two player mode. And and you got to remember too, like if you but if by some fluke you've never played F Zero, like look it up. Uh, I think the the track itself, like the other cars, I love the bright colors. I love the the scrolling background where you can see like the city off in the distance and the sky and everything like that. I think all that looks great. But that base area around the track, where if you go off the track, you crash or whatever. Like I'll, I'll put my, like, that's, it's pretty ugly. It's fucking, it looks like like a, a small, like 16 bit circle that they blew up and then just like, uh, uh, like, like just, and then just made like a panel of it to fill out the outside. And I assume again, the reason they did that was to minimize the shit it had to load so we could focus on keeping the track itself moving fast. And it's not that it looks bad because if you, if you've ever played the game, usually you're going too fast to fucking look off the track and look at that shit anyways. But I, I have to assume that's there again to keep the uh, clearly their focus was while you're playing, while you're on the track, it is flying. And and I and they accomplished it. And if they had to sacrifice some of the backgrounds and shit to do that, I really don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, the the little side barrier circles um are pretty pixelated, that's for sure. The, yeah, they are the one thing I'll say in uh in their defense is that they really do give that sense of speed that makes this game so incredible, right? Because they yeah. they start like whizzing past you so fast, it's almost like a strobe light uh, when you get up to full speed. And that, you know, imagine if they had just been kind of like a solid wall, yeah. you wouldn't have gotten that same effect. So the fact that they're little circles really helps with the kind of animation, even if they were uh, kind of clunky looking. That's a, yeah, I never thought of that. You're right, because like, yeah, again, if you've never played it, there's these like glowing orbs, I guess, whatever you want to call them on. They look like lighting strips on both sides of the track pretty well the entire race. And anytime you touch them, they're taken away from your health. And we'll get more into the mechanics of that in a minute. They take away from your health. But I never really thought of the fact that you're right. Like, it's brilliant to have these. It's if, if they weren't glowing, like if it was just the side of the track was like a solid neon green line, it just wouldn't look as spectacular that it is the dot, 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 dot. When you're going slow, they do look ugly, but you get flying and they're whizzing by your head. And I know it's a kind of an optical illusion that you're going as fast as you are, but watching those little 
blurb lights fucking fly by. You're right. It does. It it really doesn't like you see your speedometer up at like 400, 500 kilometers an hour. And I, you're probably not going that fast, but it sure fucking feels like you are like it. It feels like you're going off the rails. It's, it's brilliant, brilliant design. Frankly, I never thought of that, but you're right. It's that's really smart. Yeah, they did the same thing with the track itself. I don't know if you noticed that there's like alternating strips of dark gray and light yeah. gray on the track. And it's the same thing. You know, if you're going real slow, it just kind of looks like a big rectangle of dark gray and then a big rectangle of, of light gray. But man, once you start scooting, those things just whiz past you. And it, it really does give that sense of speed that was unlike anything we'd seen before. Yeah, it's a minimalist it's a minimalist track design, but everything that's on there serves a purpose and just looks like it's whizzing by you. And then and that's not even to speak to like the <laughs> you mentioned how when you're coming up on another vehicle, how they they start at like the little dot and they blow up. I like that you can tell from a mile away what it's it's either one of the three other main computer cars or it's one of those dummy drone cars or it's one of the flashing pink exploding dummy drone cars that I fucking hate, which we'll get into. But uh, I like how easy it is to tell what you're coming up on. Like that all adds to it too. I just, it, it, it's, it's a game way with a lot of love. Every decision they made clearly was like, there's no, I feel like everything was a conscience decision to make the game run smooth, but feel as fast and impressive as possible. Cause when you really break it down and look at it, it's a pretty empty game. Like there's not a lot going on, but it sure does the job of feeling like there's a ton going on. It's, 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 I love it. It's a brilliant, fuck it. I love it. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's, it's so simple um, in the, the kind of gameplay elements. Uh, There's not much to it. And that's part of the charm, right? I mean, it's one of those games where like you could give the controller to somebody and in five minutes they could be like pretty adept at playing it. Um, But you can also play it for a year and probably still be enjoying trying to get just a little bit faster and a little bit faster. Totally. And I think that, you know, they they probably consciously designed it that way to try to bring in the market and, and man, it worked. Yeah, yeah, totally. So let's get into that then. I want to talk about, let's talk about, okay, so just, I guess if by some fluke you've never played F-Zero, the whole premise of it is you're driving this futuristic car against other futuristic cars and they're just racing around tracks. And like I said, on the sides of the tracks is these glowing orbs that take away your health and you have a health meter. And if that health meter reaches zero, you blow up and you lose. Uh, if you fall off the track you blow up and you lose every every lap i think they're all five laps and you need to finish like above 15th then above uh like 11th 7th 5th and 3rd i think or something like they're telling you we have a finite number you have to finish above but that's really all there is to it where the genius of the game is is it's built around just speed and you are fucking flying around this futuristic racetrack and there's no items it's not mario kart there's no fucking blue shells or anything like that the really the controls are part of the brilliance b goes uh, I, one of the buttons is your break. I can't remember which one is your break. Maybe why I'm trying to use my fingers now to play it. Um, every lap you get one turbo that you can use. And then the L and R triggers, uh, can shift your car left and right as addition to turning it with the D pad. And that is it. And it's so brilliant. And it's simply like, I picked it up to start playing it again. And I'm like, I, I'll ask you this doc. Why is it so fun when there's so little there? Like, what is it? Do you know what I mean? Like there's no strategy with items. There's not a lot of shortcuts to take. There's not power sliding and shit. I don't get what about it is so goddamn fun, but it is. It's so basic. You know, that's a really good question. I think that it it's the simplicity that makes it fun. Um, I think that if they tried to 
sort of rig it up with weapons and power-ups. And if there were futuristic red turtle shells flying around, that would have kind of detracted from the game. I'm curious to hear if you think the same. Yeah, I think... See, I don't... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yes, I, I do. I, like... Because I, I, I haven't played a ton of the 64 GameCube F-Zeros. I think I've played them a little bit. And there's a little bit... Like, I remember in one of them, there's an emphasis on you have to like destroy the other cars by like doing the spin move and like knocking them into enemy. Like, and it's neat. It's, it's a fun little thing, but I, I think you're, I think you're right. It's like, it's just fun to play something where I don't have to worry about. Like I've always said, I know it would take a lot of the fun out of Mario Kart, but I wish there was an option in all the old ones where you could just turn items off and just play against your friend and just race. And it's just made the fastest racer win. And I think there's something to be said for that. And that's what F-Zero does. They're like, there are no tricks. Sure, you can do the little things where you bump your opponent into like the walls and shit like that. But you're not blowing up any of the other drivers. You can't blow them up. Uh, It's just on you to figure out a way to get to the finish line five times faster than they did. And you're right. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, it's like, like, I love a big fancy steak dinner with all the fixings, but I love a grilled cheese. And F-Zero is just like a good grilled cheese. It doesn't have to be fancy. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. I don't know. I don't know why I talk food so much. I you know, the other thing is think about the like overall elements of the game and the simplicity too, not just within the race, but like you fire up the title screen. The title screen music is banging. By oh, the way. we'll get to the music. The oh, music. Yeah. Is oh, all time. All yes. Time. Yes. But at any rate, the point I'm trying to make is like, you get three options, Grand Prix practice, or you can look at your records. You know, you hit Grand Prix, you pick your car, and oh my gosh, the car select screen. That was like catnip to me as a kid, how it has yeah. that little like, you know, the little line graph that shows you the acceleration of the car. Yes. Oh, I love yes. that. Love that as a kid. But at any rate, you know, within like 20 seconds of hitting the power button on the console, you can be playing a race, right? Yeah. Which is, it, it sort of compares to like, I'm a bigger Gran Turismo fan than you are. I know that. But like in Gran Turismo, it's like hours before you're doing anything other than doing like driver's exam tests in a Honda Civic. I right? remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, you're driving this slow Honda Civic in and out of a bunch of cones trying to get your license. And F-Zero, you pop it in, you hit the power button. 30 seconds later, your car feels like it is actually flying. And you can yeah. like literally feel uh, the, the wind in your face. And it, and it's funny. You mentioned that car select screen. I don't know what it is. I fucking love that screen too. It's just like you like, so as soon as you pick the mode, you want to play in the race. You want, then you go to pick your, you fucking pick your car and it's, and there's only four options, right? And they're all four of them are like, I used to draw those cars when I was a kid. I was not very good, but I would draw those cars. Cause there's like the blue car, the yellow car, the green car and the pink car. And they all look so dope and so different from each other. And then they each have like the specific racers, which I want to talk about. Cause I actually like the racers. And then, like you said, there's this fucking, if you've never played it there's this awesome like if any of you've ever seen that fuck around and find out meme with like the graph that's what it is but it's like your acceleration versus your top speed and it shows you how fast your car will accelerate and then what the top speed it'll get to is and i i i maybe it's because everything else in the game other than the glowing sides is so gray or ominous or like the i don't know what it is but those four selectable cars just glow like yeah. they just pop and look so they look like the coolest they, hot wheels you've ever fucking seen. Like, they kind of like spin around so you can see them. And yeah, yeah it is. Ah. 
It is a great select screen. So on that so, note, who's your main? Who do you like? You know, I think I've changed over the years. I think that when I uh, first played it, I was into the the blue and yellow cars, but now I'm definitely uh, the purple car choice. And, and maybe we should explain, right? Like the the blue car is sort of the main hero in the, the very thin storyline. That's the blue Falcon ridden by Captain Falcon. That's like the well-rounded car. Yeah, that's the Mario, the yeah. Leonardo. Yes. The, every yeah. average everything. Yeah. Then there's the yellow car. It's it's called the Golden Fox. That's the one that has like the fastest acceleration, but it has the slowest top speed and bad handling and poor armor. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll get into the yellow car because um, I, I think that's another connection to RC Pro-Am, unfortunately. But I, Oh, I yeah. Can... That fucking yellow car. The biggest Dude, troll of all time. All right, let's go there right now because yeah. every single game of this I played getting ready for the podcast, the yellow car was in first place. Always the yellow guy. Always. He's supposed to have the worst top speed and he's always there. Yeah, always. like surely that was a nod to RC Pro-Am, right? I mean... I don't know. Yeah, if you've never played RC Pro-Am, there's a yellow car that fucking... And like, I'm not, I'm not whining because I can't win. It fucking cheats. It cheats. Anyone that played RC Pro will back me on this. It fucking cheats. Yeah. And you're right. Well, it's all yellow. Always. And that's how you feel a little in F-Zero too, because it's like, oh, well, it's got the slowest top speed, so it can't possibly be the best car, but the computer just owns with it. Always. Um, yeah. I, I, I could never... Pl- Go ahead. I, I could never play with it, though, because, like I said, it's the, the weakest. So, I mean, yeah. you bump into those barriers a couple of times, and you are almost toast. Same so here. maybe that's I, why the computer can play with it is because the computer never seemingly runs into the barriers. Yeah, yeah they never blow up. I, maybe that's what it is because I always try to play as the like as a kid I would try to play as the yellow car because uh, like in Super Mario Kart like I loved uh, Toad because I like the really you know I, I and I like Yoshi I like the the ones that can accelerate like that's what I'm interested in so I, I like the yellow car but I I'm not good enough like I always blow up I can't do it I tried I'm like to me I, frankly I think of the four yellow takes the most skill to play as. And maybe I just suck. I don't know. So, but so I, what I did you go that. with when you were uh, playing it recently? Th- then and now, I'm a I'm a Captain Falcon guy. It's boring. Like I wouldn't play as Mario and Mario Kart, but I'm a I'm a Captain Falcon guy. I it's just the one that it works for me. And I and blue is like my favorite color. I just think it looks the coolest. It so, does look really cool. Yeah, um, those two like and, wings and, on this side. It's fucking awesome looking. To round it out, we've got the the green car, right? The wild goose car. That's the one with the best armor. Um, yeah, I think that's the second fastest. And then the purple car, the fire stingray. That's the best top speed, worst acceleration, but decent armor and good handling. That's the car that is apparently the choice for all the speed runners out there. Like if you go look the, at the, yeah, it's got the, the top best speed. top speed, right? Yeah. So I guess if you're like a speed runner. You're not like you and me where you've got to like worry about accelerating every few seconds because you're bumping into something. The speed well, runners just get to max speed and they're there for the rest of the race. I'll tell you like, and there's something to that. If any of you have never, like if you ever play Super Mario Kart again, go into time trial, set a top time with Donkey Kong Jr. or Bowser. It's unbeatable. If you're a good racer, you can stay on the track, unbeatable. And 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 that car is the is the Bowser Donkey Kong Jr. of this game because every time you crash, it it takes an hour to fucking get going. But once that thing's moving, it's just in a game that's already fast. That car is greased fucking lightning. It's insane. 
But again, I'm just yeah. not good enough. And then I, 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 I like the green car because I like the alien guy that drives it, but I'm not very good in the green <laughs> car. He just looks cool. But I, well, the, yeah, I, I like blue. And the acceleration, given, like you were saying, the speed of the game, I mean, that is a huge, huge part of the strategy, right? If you get bumped or if you hit a wall and you slow down, I mean, the cars are going to pass you super fast. So yeah. it is really high risk, high reward to pick the the cars that have the better top speed, but the slower acceleration. And, and dude, if you turn this thing up, because you have three difficulty settings, if you turn it up to the highest difficulty, this game doesn't fuck around. <laughs> like this game will oh. feed you your lunch. I feel like the easy difficulty is is like is easy. And then medium is fine, but but you get it ratcheted up and it will fucking wreck you. And I just reading right now there was a fourth difficulty level. I never unlocked that. Yeah. I did not yeah, know that. If you beat expert, it unlocks a master difficulty level. I can um, never but, beat the third cup on oh, expert. Never. Oh, it is. You you understated, I think, how difficult the expert difficulty setting is. I mean, if you if you sneeze while you are racing one of those five laps, you're going to get passed, not just by the other three main cars, but like the the jobber cars will pass yeah. you, too. And the fuck... And those fucking jobber cars, you hit one of them. Dude, if you hit one of them at the wrong time, forget the ones that explode. They can go to hell. But even the ones that don't explode, if you hit one of them at the wrong angle at the wrong time, you start pinballing all over the place and like half your health bar is gone and everyone has passed you. Like oh. your entire race is fucked if you touch one of them at the wrong time. And oh. they exist solely to hip check you into the boards. Yes. That is like their one purpose for being on the racetrack. And they're like, especially on the expert difficulty, they're like freaking magnets to your car. I mean, yeah, they, they come after you with a passion. And, and it, oh, it, and it like, I was thinking about this today when I was playing it. Like, part of me thinks the game would be more fun if they weren't there because they, I just think that they, frankly, I think they take away from the game that you have these four awesome looking badass cars with cool drivers. And then these like punch buggies that are just in the way that just fuck everything around. Part of me wishes they were just gone, but dude. And then I got thinking about it. I was like, if they were gone, those tracks would be very empty. Like, I don't know if just the four main racers would work. It, it might be kind of boring and kind of lame almost. I agree I with know. you. I think the the main challenge to F zero is how crowded the track is, right? Yeah. It, it's when you get into those like narrow sections of the track and there's another car around you. That's when the real challenge comes in. If, if you've ever done just like the practice mode where it's just like you and up to one other car, it, it is kind of a little boring um, because there's not enough going on with the track just by itself to, to keep it entertaining. Uh, but you know, the, the jobber cars, and I say jobber, like the, you know, wrestling jobbers, maybe yeah. that's not the right, maybe we should call them like the Goombas of the game. And and for those who don't remember, right, like on the first lap, they're all behind you at the starting line. So the, the top four cars whiz away, and you really don't see the, the sort of generic cars, but then you start lapping them on the second lap. So you have to start weaving in and out of them. And then, as you pointed out, by the third lap, some of them are on like low power and are flashing where if they get touched one time, they explode. And that really fucks your race if Dude, they explode on you. Nothing makes me more anxious than if it's like I'm say say I'm in the final lap. So I need to finish third or better to, to go on. And I'm like in third 
And I have that stupid check arrow at the bottom of my screen telling me that the guy in fourth is right on my ass. And I'm on like a straightaway or something or like a wavy turn. And I need to get around one of those exploding cars. Because I'm like, you, I, those things in my mind, I was like, I know. No matter which way I try to hug this fucking corner. Like, I almost fake them out. Like, I'll go wide and then use the triggers to pull myself back into the inside and go around them. Because you just, oh, they're just... There's no moment in F-Zero more anxious with the possible exception of when your power is like right on empty and you're trying to get to the recharge station without touching anything that, oh, fuck. I love, fuck, I love this game. I have a big oh. smile on my face right now. Like it just, it's just so intense. It doesn't seem intense, but it's fucking intense. Shut up. I know it's, it's like, it's almost an adrenaline rush just to talk about it. I mean, sitting yeah. here thinking about it. You, you, you mentioned the, the check arrow thing where... For those who don't remember, at the bottom of the screen, it'll tell you if you're about to be passed, like where the car is about to come on the screen and pass you so that presumably or hypothetically, you can get your car in the way to prevent them from passing you. But Adam, have you ever successfully done that? No. All of your F-Zero playing? Dude, there's no there's no means to the madness of that check arrow. It is just bouncing all over the fucking place. Yeah, it, it is no so hard to effectively pull that move off. No, Whereas, well, I yeah, I just use it to panic and know that someone's about to pass me. That's yeah, all. yeah. Although the other cars seem to be really good at doing that to you, especially on the harder difficulty levels. Oh. I mean, they are really good at checking Dude. you and keeping you in or, place. Or they fucking bounce you. Like when I was playing today, that fucking green car. I was on, I don't remember what track it is. It was like one of the ice tracks where there's a whole bunch of those little ramps where you can use to jump over the like dirt on the track to keep going faster. Right as I hit the ramp to just do a little bounce over the dirt, that green car just body checks me. I go flying off into the distance and I was like, you cheap piece of shit. And you get blown up and then you just lose. And it's like, I can't do that to them to save my fucking life. But it feels like anytime they, it's like they just want me to know, hey, if we want to blow you up, we will. So... Yeah. Fucking watch and, yourself. And they're colluding against you. Make no yes. mistake. I've never once seen anybody like hip check one of the other enemy no. cars or bounce them off of the track and make them explode. It is like 39 on one or however it's a fucking many other popularity cars there contest. Are out there. It's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, bullshit. for sure. But it okay, makes listen. it so fun. Oh, totally. I, I still want to get to some of the tracks. Obviously, that oh that fucking soundtrack is legendary. Uh, I need to keep the bills on. We're going to pause for like a two second break for possibly a quick word from a sponsor. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work gone like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but Kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That could be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the 
best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses. I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans in tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so... Uh... <sighs> You know what? Let's just let's just do the soundtracks. I just I like I'm so excited to talk about the fucking soundtrack. I don't know. I'll be honest with you, dude. In, in 250 some episodes, I don't know if there's ever been a soundtrack, with the possible exception of Mega Man X, that I've been as excited to talk about as I am the F Zero One. It is it, legendary. It's one of those soundtracks where like I find myself humming some of the songs from it. Yeah. And it'll it'll be like maybe years since I've played F Zero and I'm still like humming the Mute City theme. Oh. It's just so incredible. And it sets the sort of tone of the game so well, right? It really gets your heart pumping. Uh as as good as 16-bit SNES music can and matches the the vibe of the game, the futuristic vibe, the kind of you know, it's it's a little bit of a dark, gritty vibe in the the game aesthetically and with the sound, and I love it. Me too. It's so good. Like some of my favorite gaming soundtracks ever are on the Super Nintendo. You got Earthbound, you got Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, Mega Man X. Obviously, I fucking love that soundtrack. Super Castlevania Four actually has a really good soundtrack. But there's a reason I go back to the F Zero music so much. These these tunes, and it's not just like the one everybody knows, but like there's four or five of them that are just absolute bangers and then uh mario kart 8 they added those two f-zero tracks and when you play them and the, the you hear like the modern version of those old f-zero songs and it's like oh oh my god like if i was in a band that did covers of gaming music <laughs> we would do the entire f-zero soundtrack it is just incredible it fires you up so much most of the time when i play these old games that i've played a hundred times I usually don't even have the sound on. I'll listen to a podcast or put a YouTube video on or something. I had my headphones on. I had it turned up while I was playing this today. Fucking magical, dude. It's so good. Oh, my well, God. I hope that when people hear the the song start up at the beginning of this podcast, it's kind of like the like glass shattering before Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah. walks out. You know, it just grabs you and your heart starts pumping and you know you're in for a treat because and it, just, it is... It, and it just fits the like it fits the the intensity of the game, like so perfectly. Like when you get down to like a final lap and you're almost out of energy, and you're just trying to hold on to a top three place, and you have this fucking awesome, crazy intense. It's sometimes it's like super high tempo intense rock music, and then like you said, sometimes it's almost like dark sinister 
Like if you fuck this up, it's over music. It's like superhero music. It's feels like something out of a Marvel movie. Some of this music it's fucking, Oh, Oh my well, God. And, and so they match that intensity with the sound effects too. I mean, when you are like in sixth place and only the top five, make it into the final lap, it gives you this siren. Like the world is about to come to an end. It is yeah. so intense. And you're thinking, Holy shit, what is going wrong? I need to freaking catch up to fifth place right now. Yeah. I love that part of it. Um, the, you know, the sound that the cars make. I mean, it even has that, like, I guess it's called the Doppler effect where like the sound changes as you're passing another car and it goes like, yes. yeah, I, mean, I they love even put that. that in there. How yeah. awesome is that? And how much does that just like enrich the visuals? The, dude, this game is like, it's an, it's, it's, it sounds stupid to say about a fucking 30. Oh my God. A 30 two-year-old game holy fuck we're old but like it, it's everything about it this is not a laid-back video game like this is an intense experience this is fun. like i'm really there's a small part of me second guessing saying super mario world is the definitive launch title now like it is it is it's super mario world but i'm it's, just like this shows so much more about what the super nintendo get like if they were trying to get out of like they were like now you're playing with power superpower and you play this and you're like this is not the fucking nes the music the fast cars the sound effects the oh my god i like, i want to play more now i fucking love this game you know, oh, one Nintendo, way bring it back. Bring us that one way I can can summarize that is with something that I saw a few weeks ago. I was playing around. I just crushed it on the track and, you know, whatever time I got. And like I said, I looked at the speed records online just out of curiosity. And I was like 10 seconds away from the speed record uh, for the track. And like normally you'd be like, holy shit, I was 10 seconds away from setting a speed record, right? Like if you finish Super Mario Brothers 1 within 10 seconds of the speed record, oh, that I, would be like a huge shit. fucking accomplishment. Yeah. But in F-Zero, being 10 seconds away from the world record is like an eternity away from the world yeah. record because the game is moving so fast that like you win or lose a race by, you know, 0.3 seconds. I think it'd be a lot of fun actually to watch like world-class speedrunners play this game. I'm not a huge speedrun watcher, but in a game that's already built around speed, it, I think this would be a lot of fun. Yeah, to watch so, people speed run the, the the fine little intricacies of the way they 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 uh, hug corners and stuff would be wild. You know, this game rated number one on your recent games you're trying to will back into existence. I guess yes. I, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on why Nintendo hasn't done anything with it over the past twenty years. You know, as much as I love f-zero i think it just comes down to like it's like i don't think it's necessary like there's so many racing games out there now and mario kart 8 is i i don't know i know it's the best selling game on the switch i know it's in the top 10 best selling games of all time like i wonder i understand listen i would buy f-zero without walking away from mario kart i'd play both in a heartbeat but i wonder if they look at it as like it's you know it's gonna cost us i don't know how, I don't know how much it costs to make an f-zero for the switch but i'm sure it's a lot of money and they're like are we going to sink millions of dollars into this just to kind of cannibalize our own audience? Do you know what I mean? It's like everybody wants yeah. Mario Kart. I and I think that's I but like I'm what I I'm like dude, you know how many studios out there would give their left nut for a chance to have the rights to F0? Like give it to somebody. Let somebody you play those two Mario Kart 8 tracks on 200cc. 
the two have zero tracks and you're like, this is what it could be. This is insane. Give it to somebody. Let somebody else make it. It just, I mean, it pains me. Even I, I, I hate to bring this up. I hate to bring up the Nintendo Wii, but even on the Wii, we could have had an F zero game. That would have been so fun. Yeah. Like, can you like, that would have been the perfect application for the Wii mode to have an F zero game. And they just didn't do it. Like the thing about it is like, it's the number one Nintendo franchise that I want to see them bring back. But I also feel like there's a better chance of Star Fox or punch out getting brought yeah. back than this because they don't have a competitor. Whereas For sure. Nintendo's got, I know there's like Gran Turismo and Forza fans that are going to lose their shit. So I'm not going to say across all gaming. I'll just say on Nintendo, Nintendo owns the biggest racing game. It's their biggest game. Yeah. It's certainly so like I I it's like if we've already got the best, why do we need to make another one? Like and I understand I, think, I hate it, but I understand it. It goes back to a point you made earlier though, which is that in the Super Nintendo, F0 was like light years faster than Super Mario Kart. I feel yeah. like Super Mario Kart has kind of caught up, right? Like you can get some intense, fast racing oh, yeah. action on the modern Mario Karts. So maybe, like you said, it, it would cannibalize on Mario Kart because that kind of difference that the two games had in the Super Nintendo era has been minimized these days. Yeah, and I and like I think I in unintentionally kind of proved my own point when I said that like F Zero is my favorite racing game outside of kart racers. And if yeah. you were to take back to the Super Nintendo, I fucking love F-Zero. But if you told me for the rest of my life I could play Super Mario Kart or F-Zero, I'm playing Super Mario Kart. You know, like yeah. I just I just am. As much as I love F-Zero, I'm playing... I, I'd love to play both, but if I can only choose one. Right. I'm, and so maybe they're just... It's just not necessary. But like then yeah. even like... Like there's been rumors they're remastering one. Like I'm like, do something with it. Like I said, give it to some indie studio and let them fucking work with it. Something. Right, ah. because I... I I have to wonder if part of the reason you would pick Mario Kart over F-Zero is the lack of multiplayer, 100%. right? So, you know, of course you're going to pick Mario Kart over F-Zero. It's got way more playability or replayability due to the, the multiplayer options. But, you know, you throw that into F-Zero and who knows? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I, I mean, we were talking about this off air, but like I've been saying it on for like I, I've been saying for years, like uh, like a battle Royale F zero game would be fucking unreal. And I was thinking about it even today when I was playing it to get ready for this. And like, you have to finish in the top, like 15 for a lap, then 13 for a lap, then 10, then seven, then three or whatever the fuck it is. Like you need to finish. Like, why couldn't you have a battle, like a, like an online game, yeah. like a, like a hundred players and 10, you know, maybe make it easy. You can make it like eight or nine laps and every lap, the bottom 15 get eliminated or something yes. like that. I mean, like, to your point, that's how the original F-Zero was set up. It was just against computer players. You had to finish in the top X number of people each lap. That's exactly what Tetris 99 or F-Zero 99 could be, right? You just had to make a multiplayer. I yeah. think you, you would have to do something. I was thinking about it too. You couldn't all start on the same track, right? Because if you were like 90th at the starting line, then you'd be fucked. But surely they could do something where like there's, you know... 10 tracks each with 10 people on it at the beginning. And then like, as people get eliminated, the, the, the players kind of get merged into fewer and fewer tracks until finally you're down to the, just the one final track, you know, something like that. Dude, I think what? would be really exhilarating. 
what if you had 10 tracks with 10 racers each on it, but then at the end of your first lap, all 10 tracks merge onto like, you know, five tracks. And yes. then like, like it's, it's a seamless transition. The finish line is just a, a checkpoint that merges onto a smaller track, which exactly. merges onto a smaller track. And then, and then if you don't get across the finish line before enough people do, then like a gate comes down or something and you blow up and that's it. Fuck me. You know, that sound that, awesome. It does I mean, sound awesome. The only thing about on, it that worries me is I worry that it would become a free to play thing with fucking, you know what I mean? Like one of those, but even at that point, I take it. I don't care. I just, I just want some more F zero. I don't even care how I don't yeah. even care. I don't even care. It doesn't, I oh. just want, I just want something. It, yeah, like if you were in 60th place, let's say, you would still be on the track and still able to fuck up the person who's in first place, which yeah. you know, maybe with maybe with internet trolls, that wouldn't be a great thing, but I think that could be super exciting. Oh, I think it'd be so much fun. I think that'd be the fucking sickest. Oh my God, I want a new F-Zero so bad. Like, I, I, I will bet, I'll bet a lot of money that like, we're not getting anything better than a remaster at best, and I don't even think we're getting that, but we're not getting anything else on the Switch. But whatever their next system is, like Mario Kart 8 proved like there's a it would work. It'd be fucking sick. I I don't know. It's dude, Nintendo is so bad for this though. Like Nintendo it's I guess it's like their curse that they have like all these IPs that people love and it's like you can't develop all of them. I get it. But like there's Star Fox fans, there's Punch-Out fans, there's F-Zero fans and we're just we're just there's it's that meme where Nintendo's like holding Mario and Zelda up in the pool and then fucking Samus is like kind of drowning off to the side and then the rest of us are just <laughs> sitting at the bottom. <laughs> like it's over. We're fucked. It's, I don't know. I don't get it, but, and then like, you know, like, so like one other thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap this up was you, you sent me in the email this morning, the manual to this game and I was flipping through it. And I, I remember from when I was a kid and like reading at my friend Corey's house, dude, they like, they don't do any work on developing the characters in the game, but they wrote like a fucking fictional universe for the manual of this game it's insane yeah, yeah it, it's kind of like another transition from the 8-bit era to the 16-bit era though right where like back in the nintendo days you did have to like read the manual to get the story but by the end of the super nintendo they're like oh yeah we could just put you know an intro scene in the game but i guess they hadn't quite figured that out yet at, at the f-zero era yeah um you like know the it, green uh, the green guy's a fucking assassin or something Yes, it's insane. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? It's a Nintendo but, racing game, and there's a Hitman in it. Okay, sure. Why the fuck not? You know, the <laughs> the one thing I'll say though is, uh, to me, the kind of the manual and the the comic book. If you guys don't remember, there's like an actual comic book in the instruction manual that sets up the game. I found it to be kind of like disconnected from that like moody element to the game, right? Like when you're playing the actual game. It's this dark, futuristic, like almost kind of more mature type of game. But then you flip through the instruction manual and it's almost like somebody in the marketing department at Nintendo said, oh, we need to make this more accessible to kids. So let's put a, a comic book in there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird because like I don't, you know, again, I haven't I haven't played a lot of the future ones. Have you played any of them other than the Super Nintendo with any regularity? You know, I really didn't play a ton of the future ones. Um, which maybe proves Nintendo's point, right? You and I are sitting here both talking about how awesome F-Zero is and I how know. we're dying for it. But like, I didn't play any of the future ones. You didn't cover it till episode 254 of Remember I the know. Game, right? I, so I like like, maybe, yeah, maybe Nintendo is like, yeah, yeah, we know what we're doing. Yeah, they're like, fucking, this guy doesn't even care. This guy's supposed to be our biggest fan. He doesn't fucking care. I yeah. don't know. 
But I just uh, wonder because like I don't know if there's any more emphasis on the characters in the future ones or not. But like, I don't know. Like, I, like I don't know. I, I like me, I, I was. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I don't even care. Like they're fun characters, but I just want to play the racing games. Yeah. You know. Well, like, for those who who don't remember the storyline, right? Because it wasn't a part of the game, and maybe that's the beauty of Nintendo games, right? It's like. Nobody is playing Mario games for the cutscenes, right? They create an incredible environment and atmosphere, and that's what sucks you in. Yeah. And F Zero was the same way. Like you didn't need the backstory; it was just a really cool atmosphere that sucked you in. Sure, um, totally. Yeah. But I, I did not realize, and maybe this is another connection to RC Pro Am. I did not realize until I was looking through the instruction booklet recently that F Zero is a play on F1 or Formula One. Like, am I the only person who didn't realize that? Or did you I didn't know it until right now. But I, to be yeah. fair, before everyone yells at me, I learned my lesson after NBA Jam. I don't know anything about basketball. I don't know anything about F1. So yeah. no, but I, but I did not catch that either, no. Yeah, like, in the, so in the instruction manual, there's this part that, that I'll read a little snippet real quick. It says, the multi-billionaires who earned their enormous wealth through intergalactic trade while satisfied with their rich lifestyles also yearned for new entertainment to stimulate their lazy lives. Their wishes were met by a call for a new project based on a seemingly simple premise. Why not hold, on a galactic scale, some competition like the F1 races once held on Earth centuries ago? <laughs> at once, everyone jumped at this idea. So, I... I just love Adam the notion that like we've got all of this incredible technology in the year 2560, but like nobody could come up with anything to do. And then suddenly somebody's like, Hey, how about we watch some sports? And this guy is like a genius across the galaxy for coming up with it. It's like, should we worry about like saving the planet? And they're like, no, I'm bored. Let's fucking race. (laughs) Fuck. I love it. All right. Sorry, buddy. There was uh, some static in the lines, as we say in the industry, which means it was a background noise. But we got it cleaned up. It's all good. Uh, Doc, you were talking about the fucking the, I just the, the, the comic book and the stupid story of this fucking game, which I love that they put all this work into writing and then didn't put any of it in the game. I just that's such a Nintendo fucking move. I love it. I miss instruction manuals. I miss instruction I- manuals. I know they're so great. And this one is really worth a look if you're going back and replaying this game. It's fantastic. Because again, otherwise, like it's just four futuristic cars ripping around a racetrack, blowing each other up. You know, like it's and it doesn't need it. Like that's the thing. I know it's a minor touch, but like it does. You don't need a story. Like it's just it's a racing game. Mario Kart. We still don't know the story is to Mario Kart. All these people yeah. fucking hate each other, but they decided to get together and race go karts. In like exactly. like Bowser hates you, but he comes to racing and lets you race in his house. Like it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it, but. Well, that's why I was a little disappointed by the instruction manual. I mean, I love it because it's funny, but I probably could have done without the like silly comic book where everybody's like a bounty hunter or an assassin, right? Because, you know, the game just sort of stands on its own. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's I I guess the thing about it, too, though, is like how much like neither of us knows, but it's like, what's the cost of of fucking animating a story and storylines and cutscenes and everything into a video game? Let's just say. It's $500,000. I have no idea. Let's just say it's $500,000. How much does it cost to hire somebody to draw a quick comic book and put it in your instruction manual? You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, substantially less, I'm sure. So 
maybe it's like a workaround. It's a loophole or something. I don't fucking know. doesn't matter. This game slaps. It's fun to play. It's fun to look at. It's incredible to listen to. I don't care what this story is. I fucking love F-Zero. And I know we're hypocrites because we're sitting here talking about how we need more and then we're not playing any of the other new ones. I bet your asses before this podcast is dead in the ground, I will review both the, at least the 64 GameCube ones. And maybe that's what I need to do to force Nintendo to make another one. And I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. I'm for sure going to pull it up on the Switch very soon and get into it because, I mean... Uh, playing f-zero over the past few weeks to get ready for this podcast has really really made me realize what a special game it is and it still holds up today man it's like so fun to just pop it up on the switch you can have like a complete experience in 15 minutes too right it's not like a game that you have to like get into the storyline like we've been saying or totally go you know play an hour to get anywhere you can go from start to finish of a grand prix in 15 minutes Totally. It's awesome. Yeah. Like each race is like three minutes long. It's fucking, it's dope. Uh, and you know, oh, I wanted to address this quickly because I've been, I've been tagged in this meme numerous times. Have you seen the story about somebody that like bought a whole bunch of shares of Nintendo just to go to a shareholder meeting and ask them to bring back F zero. Like I heard about that. Yes. yes. Yeah. I have heard uh, about that. I, I don't know what happened though. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I don't either, but I just want to say for the record, it wasn't me, but if I had the money, it would be because I've been asked so many times if it was me. I'm like, no, podcasting isn't that lucrative. But if it was, I would, Shaylee might not like it, but I would do that. Well, and that I would, and then I would tell her. a hero to us all. Yeah. And I'd be like, trust me, all these shares I had to buy to get into the shareholder meeting are going to double in value once I convince them to make F-Zero. This is a not, we can't miss. We should sell our house. We'll sleep in the car. I'll fix it. It'll be fine. I'm um, going to write a strongly worded letter. To yeah, Nintendo. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, dude, I can't believe I honestly didn't know if we'd go an hour. I was like, it's F zero. There's not a lot to it, but fucking that was easy. Uh, we got to score this thing. That's how these shows end. I like to offer my guests a chance to come up with a scoring scale and you've got a, you got a beauty. What, what's our scoring scale this week? Well, F zero was set in the year 2,560. So I say we, uh, score it based on, 2560. I love it. That's a great fucking, and it's, I was saying off air, but like <laughs> the world might look like it does at F zero in 2560. It could be ugly, but that's none of us have to worry about that. It's only 2023. We've got 536 and a half years. We're fine. We're doing good. Man, I mean, as long as they have F zero in the year 2560, yeah, I guess totally. it's not all bad. Yeah. And the dude that drives the like pink purple car there, like I'm going to look like that soon. So like that might, <laughs> that might be me. I'll just be the angry big guy in the fucking Hot Wheels car. Better uh, than being the green alien. Yeah, the hitman. Yeah, he's fucking. I what a cool. I want. I want that dude to get his. He should be in Smash. The fucking hitman from Smash. Like everyone would be so mad. Oh, be that Instead would be great. Large. Fuck it. Anyways, uh, Doc, out of two thousand five hundred and sixty, what score are you gonna slap on our beloved F Zero? I'm gonna give it two thousand three hundred and seventeen which puts it, you know, right around at a, a nine out of 10. We can't give it the 10 out of 10. I think it, it loses a few points um, for some of the things we've talked about, but it is uh, every bit uh, of a classic that deserves to be very near the top of the Remember the Game scales. Yeah, I'll, I, uh, I'll get on board with that. Like I say, the only knock, and it is a knock, 
is that there's just even like sitting down to play it now. It's like if I had gotten it as a kid, I would have played it over and over again just because I didn't have anything else to play. But yeah, there's just not like a even, lot there. I mean, even like in Mario Kart, you know, where you get like points for finishing first and fewer yeah. points for finishing second. And then they like tabulate all those points at the end of the circuit. Like they don't do that in F-Zero, right? They, you just have to finish in the top three. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter if you get first, second, or third. No. You get to move on to the next race. I would have loved if they had like tabulated it to where it, it mattered. Same so that here. kind of affects the replayability. Yeah. Like if you get like all you have to do is survive five races and you win. And like I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, I'll give it um I'll give it like twenty twenty two sixty-nine. Nice. Uh because yeah, it is it is a good like the only fault in it is that there's not enough. And and like let's let's all call a spade a spade. If you're playing a game and your only qualm with it is that there's not enough of it, that's a good problem to have. But I I can't. I know I've said this on the show numerous times, but like I can't stress enough. People need to, this was a launch title. Like when you look at Super Mario Brothers three, Kirby's Adventure, like some of the some more Mega Man six, some of the more advanced NES games, those came out at the end of the NES. The most advanced games for most consoles come out at the end of their lifespan. Because that's when the developers have figured everything out that you can do with it, and and I'm not saying F Zero is the most advanced game on the Super Nintendo, but that they came out of that they came out of the gate swinging with that, that can't be understated. That's pretty fucking impressive, man. It so is, game. and and like each generation, I kind of feel as though the launch of the generation is a little bit less and a little bit less, unfortunately. So like the launch of the Super Nintendo era, man, what an explosion that was. Agreed. God, man, what a great time. Like I would, I, I've been, I've been on the fence to say that the switch is going to surpass the super Nintendo is my favorite console ever. And I think it's going to, because I have so many of my favorite super Nintendo games on it. Plus everything else, plus the portability. But I, I genuinely feel for gamers today that didn't grow up in the super Nintendo Genesis era. Like what a magical time to be a kid that loved video games. Just, just magical it'll never i don't know if it'll ever be like that again maybe it hits like that for them today i don't know but to me it'll just never be like that again maybe that's just the old man in me i don't know i agree i totally agree buddy listen man it was great to meet you and thank you so much for your generosity and helping out the children up here with your donation to my stream last year and maybe above everything else thank you for your patience because i know this took a long fucking time uh great call on the game and this was a this was a really fun episode thank you for doing this I had a blast, Adam. Thank you so much. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Juris, Doc, thank you so much. Not only for uh, telling me you want to talk about F-Zero, and for giving me a call and talking F Zero, but for your generous donation to my stream last year. Uh, again, I want to make sure I make this clear. They, they're not paying me. This was a donation directly to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Alberta uh, to help out some kids. It's a great cause. And uh, I'm sorry the reward wasn't better than, than having to talk to me, but your generosity and your patience, because this took so long, will not go underappreciated. So thank you so much, my friend. And of course, to you kind listener thank you so much for listening to my podcast whether this was your first remember the game maybe your 254th maybe some other fucking number there's probably more numbers than one in 254 thank you for listening if you enjoyed this maybe leave us a good review would you i see them 
I get the odd bad review, but we get way more good reviews than bad reviews. The bad reviews just make me laugh. The good reviews make me feel happy. So if you could, uh, if you liked it, leave us one. I'm not sure what it accomplishes, but if the other shows are asking for them, we're good as well. And it would make me feel good. And if you want more of these, my friends, baby, patreon.com slash remember the game, two bucks a month is all it takes to get started. And there are fucking hundreds of ad-free podcasts waiting for you over there with new ones every week, up to four additional shows in a week. It's fucking crazy. Patreon.com slash remember the game. I'm also on Twitch. If you want to come by and hang out, I don't, I really have a schedule. It's just whenever I feel like getting on there, twitch.tv slash member the game. It'd be great to see you come by and say hi. That would be very, very, I'd be awesomely outrageous. And I have a PO box. You can find that address at remember the game podcast.com. If you want to just send me a postcard or a letter, let me know where you're listening. I'm very slow at replying, but I promise I will write back. So assume you give me your address and we'll be friends. It's very cool. All right. Uh, I think that's it. If by fluke you're hearing this within the 48 hours before June 30th, I am at the Laugh Lounge in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada on Friday, June 30th, telling jokes and drinking beers with uh, with the hot dogs. Sounds like we're going to have a great turnout. It'll kind of be the fifth anniversary of the show. It's going to be an awesome time. I'd love it if you came by and said hi. And uh, I got nothing else cool to tell you. I'm going to thank some patrons and get the fuck out of here. We'll be back. Next week, we're back tomorrow for all our Patreons with my my friend Peppa Pig spoiler cast. Game patch on Friday, all the biggest news in gaming. But we'll be back next week, a week from right now, with Remember the Game 255, which will be one of our revisited episodes, and we're taking another peek at a little game called Super Mario Brothers 3. Should be a fucking banger. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you on the next one. Cheers. So long. Goodbye. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I am contractually obligated to thank them. So a huge, huge thank you too. Make sure Mellow Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, The Keegs, James Clark, Dave McGee, Dan of DNA Gaming, Slick, Rick, Doug Doran, Chris Fleury, Andrew Wright, Jordan, Fraser Burns, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Scott Brooks, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Trombley, A-Town Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Mercury869, Wolfgang, Darren, Andy Hudson, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21 Johnny from Virginia, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan420, Zonko504, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just the Fish, Poop Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, and Zalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack, Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Frosty Feet 492 Triple, Chugger22, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Jean-Ray Pram, Raysen Wontonga, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Mizzou, Guru, Juris, Dr. Mario, Jacob Adams, Phil Lencher, Joe the Sandman, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Nick Amos, Jake Carter, Thomas Childs, Biddy, Laces Out Dan, Beaver Boy, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Leroy Westrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Stud Still, Smash, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Fuzzy99, Decoy Man, a dude named Adam, Wyatt the Surgeon, who's not a surgeon, Roe, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Storm Beagle, Antonio Echeverria, Hagel Waffle, High Plains Drifter, Esteban Navarro, K-Atch, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Aldena, Cody Richardson, General Fury, and Boys on the Roof, Max Lagroom, current Remember the Game Hall of Famer, Mark McHugh, James Juan Francesco, John of the Adult Children Podcast, Matt Hamilton, Franklin Badge, Drugs Ben K, Sam Carpenter, Donnie the Dude Walter, Nerdy Hybrid, The Fletchman, Colin Bollinger, Sleeper Hit, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Musty Beetle, Graham Kennedy, I'm My Foot, John M. Watkins, Timothy Sabrinsky, Beef Dingleberry, Michael Barjudina, Hitchy Poo, Arctic Fission, Bulma Simp, Trevor McHugh, 
Key, Burt Macklin, Quiet Place Queen, Kem Nelly 23, Christopher Britt, Zamatos, Big the Cat, Chris Lovin, oh my god, it froze, Bobby Litton, Brandon Dezeba, Kia Pup, Knife Goes In Guts, Come Out, A.B. Kellen, Works For Me, Heeman Demon, Dakota Guy, Alexander Camps, Neil, Neil Cooper, Tom Houlihan, I almost lost it there, but I'm back on track, Ted Explosion, Ryan Perry, Alex R, it's the Bigfoot, Lucas Valadez, Itchy Nutsiru, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Solomon Soto, Dar Skywalter, there's a voice crack, Postman, West Gen, Nick Creature, Adam Martinet, Nafe, The Big Deal, Dr. Nightmare 23, Kevin Monroe, Can't Destroy Her, Shorzy, Because 19, Digital Dave, Lord Longrod, Von Hugendong, The Second, Brian Weber, Frosty Bear, Max Sandin, Sour Goatface, Alex Ramos, Faded Sufferance, Benjamin Atkins, Robbie DLC, Mellow Yellow 8787, B Money, Hired Goons, Brandon Helm, Heckle, The Fiend, Ryan Carlton, It's OG, Tyler Bauer, Fallen Snow Kiku, Till Pickle, Dill Pickle Rick, E-Man Trucker, Mark Sneed, The One Kid Josh, Raging I That One Kid Josh, now it's falling apart, Raging Irish, Atrio, Wormwood, Shoeboxers, Wildcard, Swallow my own saliva here. Adam Blank still has a review. Mario Galaxy, Jay Callahan, Robbie Air, Guy Who Does Things, Sabin, Brian Richmond, Devilish Saint, Blobby Rogers, Super Nintendo Chalmers, Glue Scappin, Bula, Matt Zeus, Buy Me Bone Storm, Plow Caring, Cesar, Filling My Mouth with Farts, Liquor Like Luigi, Robinson Dick Whittles, Cody Thompson, Preston Dylan, Tourette, Ele Elephant Calves, Scissor Fist, I Thought I Told You to Trim Those Sideburns, I See Wiener, Big Daddy Randall, Ryan Whitcomb, and Sarah Flynn. Swish. Well, not a swish. It like bounced off the rim a couple of times and missed. But I tried. Thank you all so much for the support. Appreciate you. Love is. Talk to you next time. Peace. Goodbye. From Monkey Dishwasher. Cheers so long. Whatever the fuck the sign off is. See ya.